Well, we can talk over it. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Why not? I wish I could tell where uh, where that music was coming coming from. from. Exactly. Can you just listen to this? This is really weird. I've never had this before. Like, how could... Like, something else is broadcasting during my show, right? Right? That's what's happening. We've been hacked. Yeah, works with for us, and it's kind of like we're going to be talking about John Cage is going to get in here. And... Yeah, why not? Why not start with a little fill of glass? <laughs> uh, luckily, it wasn't the uh, 12-hour piece. It's, weird, it's your new intro music, Lisa. Okay, we're ready to go. Thank you, Philip Glass. Live, um, li- live in studio today. We're live. Yeah, he, yeah live. I know. I can't believe it's because of you, Eric, that Philip Glass came in here. Yeah, and, and you know, he brought uh, that whole uh, set of musicians with him and everything. It's really, I know. It's uh, amazing. Well, it's our studio setup, which is so cool now. Have you noticed? You haven't been here since last year. It's pretty good, right? Yeah, it's have all you different. Can, are there effects? Can we have, like, some echo on our voices? Or, we probably uh, could, but um, that would require me to, like, understand a lot uh, more uh, technology than I do. Uh, we need to get an engineer next time. Yeah, right. That's That'll be next. We, we probably wouldn't have, uh, uh, you know, Philip Glass under us if we had a, an engineer here. Yeah, why? <laughs> you know what, Philip, Philip, Mr. Glass, do you know how to make a sound effect come out of this? Wait, get back. I can't believe how, he's busy. He's busy. He's too busy for us, I guess. So uh, anyway, um, I'm very, very excited because uh, artist and friend Eric Doringer is here today. And um, this is really crazy. You know, Eric, uh, I don't think anyone has ever been here on the day of their opening, like where they have an art reception for their work that same day. Do you know that? Well, I'm glad to know that uh, you know I'm I'm setting a new milestone here. I don't, yeah, but I I mean, like psychologically, this is so loaded. I'm really excited. Well, you know, the the show has been up for about a week now, so it's not like I uh, was you know installing as the sun was coming up this morning and then ran over here. I've had a little bit of time to recover. Yeah, but still, aren't you worried about tonight? I'm going to so rag on you. Like, aren't you worried? Like, maybe nobody will come, or maybe people will come and they won't like your work. Aren't you just a little worried? Uh, well, you know, of course, uh, you always get a little bit nervous before one of these things, but, uh, you know, I, I, pe- people not liking my work, I can handle that. I've, I've had that happen before. <laughs> I think nobody coming would be harder just because I'd have to stand around in this awkward, empty gallery for two hours. Really? But at least I could drink beer. You could drink beer, but, uh, but I mean, and Catherine's going to be there, right? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. 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 The two so of us Catherine and she Cathay, doesn't drink she, come, she doesn't drink anymore. Yeah. Is Cathay come? Cathay will be there. Uh, she's, she actually has to work tonight, so she's going to come later for the uh, for the after party. Oh, man. 
Well, I, you know, I was going to come, but now I don't know. Yeah, just, keep, <laughs> just, just come after it's over. There's there's no need to come while it's going on. Well, I remember the last opening. You weren't even there, right? You didn't go to your own opening because that was part of the art project. That's right. So this one I will actually be uh, in attendance. Yes, because that had to do with Ankawara. Okay, so let's let's like get something done here today. Okay, uh, it's about time. Where okay, are we? We're yeah. Like First of all, I want twenty minutes into the show now. No, no. Shut up, even, Eric. Uh... Shut up. I, you, I told you I was going to be really neurotic today, didn't I? Yeah, it's a new set. We had there. a pre-record. We had a re- pre-record right before this, and then the music started. So, but uh, anyway, so I'm going to actually read. Read some of Eric's uh, bio because it's short here, so you know, so you can see the status that he has risen <laughs> to in the art world. Why are you laughing, Eric? Uh, Why are you laughing? You mean because, um, yeah, I know, because we're still making fun of, because, yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, anyway. Okay, so uh, known for selling his. Bootleg versions of contemporary art outside of art fairs and galleries. Doringer has also exhibited institutions. This sounds so good, Eric. MoMA PS1, the Whitney Museum, the Brooklyn Museum, Mass MoCA, La Musée d'Art Moderne de la Ville de Paris. You went to Paris for that? I did, yeah. Yeah. And what's this one? The Spain Museum? Yeah, Musac. Oh, you went to that one too, right? Uh, yeah. What that, kind of show is that? Uh, that is actually a super cool museum. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere in Spain. It's in a small medieval town called Leon, but it's wow. a fantastic contemporary art museum. Oh, it's, wow. It's like open until something like 10 p.m. every night. So it's kind of like people oh, that sounds hang like out there fun. in the evenings. It's, it's Was a it great it was probably the most insane actually opening I've ever been to in the art world. Really? It, How yeah. come? Um, you know, it was like beer all over the floor, people doing coke in the bathrooms. <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was pretty wild. It was actually museum. really fun. It was, it was super fun. And it was, it was actually like right before the uh, recession hit. <laughs> oh, wow. What year was that? Uh, must've been 2008, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. I bet we talked about it at the time, maybe. Uh, I don't prob- remember. Probably, probably. Anyway, you're, it looks right here that your career is going really well. Your books are in the collections of various museums, libraries, collection, blah, 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 Ed Ruscha, Books & Co. I'm just going to like, okay, but in three yes, branches skip, skip. of the Gage, G- Gagosian Gallery. You realize, Eric, you got the Gagosian Gallery and MoMA, the Whitney Museum, all in your bio. <laughs> That's very good. I'm going to put them in mine so too. Bad. I guess it's I'm not gonna, so bad. I'm going to put them in mine. I'm going to have it say was never shown at, and then list all those museums. Well, you you and I did something at the Whitney Museum. We together. did. It you was can, really you can exciting. put that in your bio. It, it has, was has performed at the Whitney. Yeah, I guess I should, huh? Yeah, why That's not? legitimate. Um, yeah, that was really exciting because I got to like ask your dad, who seems like a really normal guy, about your work in front of uh, a really large group of people. I'll never forget it. Yeah, that was a fun night. That was a fun night. I still have this, and this, the giveaway you made was great. Still have that, have that hanging up in my home. All right. So, Eric, uh, I'm talking to you guys, um, and let me do my station ID. Oh, it's sure. Radio Free Brooklyn. And um, we are coming to you from Bushwick. And uh, you should donate money to our Patreon 
page. Uh, just go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com and uh, you could donate some money to keep this radio station going. We do a lot of really great things here. We're having a really great party on Saturday night um, at GG Nicks. You guys should all come to that. And uh, it's Dr. Lisa, and I'm talking to artist Eric Doringer, who's having a show tonight at the Mulherin Gallery, which is at 124 Forsyth. That's correct. Wow. All right. I get points. I'm giving myself this shiny penny. See this? I found this outside. Oh, that's lucky. Uh, so Eric has done this really, really interesting show. Um, I, You know what? Instead of me paraphrasing, phasing it probably partly inaccurately. Why don't you, ex- well, well, we should explain your work a little bit, which is um, basically that you do a lot of appropriation work. Um, and I'm going to let you just say it. So explain your work, appropriation work, and then tell us about this particular show. How's uh, that? Sure. Okay, Sounds good. 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 So, uh, yeah, my work in general involves remaking work by other artists and, um, uh, I would say recently that's been mostly works where the original work was somehow questioning authorship or authenticity or, you know, the artist was taking their hand out of the work and maybe using a system to set it up or something like that. Um, and this most recent show is based on uh, some work from uh, the, I guess, mid to late 1950s uh, by Robert Rauschenberg and Jasper Johns. And I was interested in them for a number of reasons, uh, partly because they were this couple that had the kind of a secret gay relationship um, at that time and were not able to be out even in the art world. Uh, and uh, also, I think I was interested in, in, again, this question of the original and the copy and someone like Robert Rauschenberg, who did two paintings called Factum 1 and 2, where he basically made the same painting twice and kind of played with these ideas of originality. Um, and Jasper Johns, who, uh, you know, painted things like the flag or the alphabet or numbers, um, which aren't really covered by uh, copyright law. So uh, for those reasons, I was interested in working with these guys. And then there's kind of a second additional level with uh, this show, which is that all of the works have um, already been kind of remade by other artists. So uh, there was an artist named Sturdivant who started in the 1960s, uh, remade a lot of Jasper John's works. Uh, there was another artist uh, from Japan named Yushio Shinohara, who uh, remade a Rauschenberg piece called Coca-Cola Plan, uh, and also in the 1960s. And so I've kind of made my own version of these pieces, and I guess it's, you know, um, it's it's questioning, I guess, you know, who am I copying? Is it, <laughs> is it a copy of Rauschenberg or Sturdevant or uh, Shinohara or Johns? And, um, you know, I guess also the relationship between these works and the fact that, even though in a sense these are copies, they're really all very different, both in their appearance and uh, in the way that they function in the world and, and I guess the message that they communicate. That's very well put. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you explained this before? Uh, it would not be the first time, no. <laughs> no, but, um, you know, it is really interesting because um, obviously the levels of appropriation involved is like very, very deep. But, you know, I was thinking about asking you, like, exactly why you picked these. And, and I mean, that's a big reason why. But one of the um, frames around your exhibition is that they're all part of the um, 
Matt Matson and Jones, or am I saying that right? Well, Matson Jones was actually a business that Rauschenberg and Johns had together. So um, before they were, you know, successful enough to earn a living off of their artwork, they worked um, doing windows for department stores. Right, but wasn't it during the period that they were together? Yes, yeah, so and that was like the most important um, creative, or the most iconic, as they say. Uh, creative period for the both of them. Isn't that correct, too? Yes. So um, Jasper Johns and Robert Rauschenberg met uh, in the winter of 1953. And at the time, Rauschenberg was a little bit more established. He'd been in New York longer. um, And, you know, he had had done some uh, a few solo shows. Uh, Johns was kind of a newcomer. He hadn't really shown his artwork. And, uh, you know, it's unclear when their friendship went from being platonic to romantic, but, you know, certainly within the first uh, year or two of knowing each other. And so they were gay. So they had this really intense relationship, which, you know, hasn't really been discussed because they were not, uh, you know, really out until fairly recently. Actually, neither artist has ever spoken uh, publicly about it. Um, Rauschenberg is dead now, of course, but Johns is still alive. Uh, so yeah, so it was this period when really they were developing their work. It's when Johns painted his first flag paintings and Target with Four Faces. And he was actually kind of discovered by, uh, Leo Castelli while he was doing a studio visit with Robert Rauschenberg. And, um, uh, then that led to his first show with Castelli and the Museum of Modern Art bought three paintings out of that show. And he was put on the cover of, uh, I think it was Art News Magazine. So yeah, it was really kind of like when they came into their own as artists. And, you know, obviously they had a lot of influence on each other. So I was kind of interested in looking at the works from these period from this period and saying, you know, here I am this one artist making works by these two artists, but they were certainly, you know, in, in very close conversation with each other. And in some ways um, you could almost look at their work from this period as having been a collaboration, even though they weren't, you know, signing their name on each other's pieces. But um, there was a Rauschenberg painting called short circuit, which incorporated um, one of Jasper Johns's flag paintings. In fact, it's possible that it was the first flag painting that he ever made. Mm. Um, and then, again, going back to the title of the show, it's called Matson Jones and Company. So Matson Jones was this uh, business that they had together uh, doing department store windows. And kind of to separate that work from their work as artists, they used this name Matson Jones. Um, Matson was Rauschenberg's mother's maiden name, and Jones was sort of a play on John's. Um, so that's kind of why that, that was really the only time that they ever did something that they identified as being a a collaboration between themselves, Mm -hmm. even though it was sort of explicitly not their artwork. It was their, you know, their work to make money. Well, I mean, um, it's considered, um, to be the most, um, productive or some of the, they both made, is this true, Eric? It's in art history, it seems to me as if they both made their best or both known as making their best work during their pe- that period, though. Is that right? Yeah, I think that's true. I mean, Rauschenberg had already made some, uh, I guess, early important pieces like his black paintings and his red paintings. And he had studied at Black Mountain College, which was, uh, you know, a very influential art school at the, at the time. So he, I would say, had had already made some important works, but certainly it was kind of the period when he really developed the combine paintings mm-hmm. that he would become best known for. Mm-hmm. And certainly, you know, a lot of the works that are now thought of as his masterpieces uh, came from this time. Um, for Johns, it was really the beginning of his 
you know, career as an artist and, you know, definitely the time when he made um, his best known paintings like his paintings of the American flag mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. white numbers and gray alphabets and, and all these things. come, Which is also probably why they um, are the ones that wound up being copied the most, right? Because in other words, that that's also probably why they're the most iconic works, uh, why, which, why they which were it would appeal, appeal to you. Uh, yes. I mean, partly they were very important artists at that time. And may, those are really like important artworks, um, for that. I mean, they're in, you know, every art, they're, you know, important works. Yeah. I mean, they were really, they were sort of, you know, they're often presented as the link between, um, abstract expressionism and pop art. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, they are, you know, they are often kind of discussed together in the same breath. And, you know, it's not like their friendship was ever uh, a secret. I mean, it, you know, it was known that they were very close and that they were neighbors. Um, right. But, uh, you know, I think actually from from what I've read about what led to their breakup, it was kind of that Johns uh, started to chafe at you know, always being mentioned in conjunction with Rauschenberg, and he, you know, wanted to to be his own artist. Don't blame him, man. That sucks. <laughs> Are you kidding? It's, it's kind of the Yoko Ono syndrome. They right? weren't. See, it's it's isn't that like so true? So many artists have that problem. I'm raising my hand. Um, being with another artist leads to competition. Everybody knows that. Uh, yeah. That's... You, you you know what? Uh, Annie Annie Heron, the great the great late Annie Heron, a major curator in Brooklyn, uh, said to me once, she said something like, um, it's better for the relationship if the guy is a little more successful than the woman. <laughs> uh, that's, that's probably true whether they're artists or not. <laughs> um, but um, I think it must. So I wanted to, you know, I want to find out what the experience of remaking this work is like for you. But I, but I also am like thinking now that maybe um, when they met, I mean, Rauschenberg had a child, a young, like a kid, young child yes, who's right. like um, a photographer now, right? He's in his fifties or something. Uh, if he, I think he was born in. 52 maybe so what 60 would that something yeah yeah christopher his name's christopher yes i put i put all these links up on your on the facebook page i made about you so maybe if you guys <laughs> want to know like i'm not i don't have a good head for those these facts but it's all there i did the research for you people uh yes yeah, but so- anyway so yeah so um rauschenberg had a young child and he was was he divorced or married to an artist at the, a female at yeah, the time. Yeah, so he he had been married to an artist, I believe, at the time that he and Johns met. They they were divorced, um, but mm-hmm. his son was you know like two years old at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Um, he had, I think, previously had an affair with um, Cy Twombly. The two of them were friends as well mm-hmm. and had, had toured Europe mm-hmm. together. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly he was you know freshly coming out of this uh, more mm-hmm. traditional heterosexual mm-hmm. relationship. And actually, interestingly, the piece that I mentioned, uh, Short Circuit, which was this combine painting that contains a John's flag, which, like I said, may well be the first flag he ever painted. Um, it also contained a painting by his ex-wife and, and the mother of his child, who is oh. an artist named Susan Vile. Mm-hmm. And um, it was kind of actually a way to uh, sneak them into this group show. Um, so kind of he was invited to exhibit something at... Uh, I want to say it was Sydney Janice Gallery, but I mm-hmm. forget now. It was some, some something big like that. At the yeah, time. that makes sense. And I guess in previous years, artists had been kind of invited to 
uh, invite, you know, some other artists to show there. And he had been planning to uh, invite uh, John's. And then they changed their mind this year. And so it was sort of a way that he could sneak in these paintings. But Mm. I find it very interesting that this, you know, I mean, the only two paintings, you know, in this larger piece are by Rauschenberg and and Susan Vile. I mean, by Johnson Vile. It is really interesting. That's a great idea if you get in a show and, you know, so the next time you get asked in a show, can you get one of my things, like just attach it, you know, nail it to yours? Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll do a collaboration. (laughs) Can you paint paint an American flag for me? (laughs) Oh, sure. uh, Maybe I'll do that one and and you can uh, paint paint the Susan Vile painting. No, well, whatever. But, you know, I like the, or or just tack it in there, you know, whatever I make. Right. Anyway, uh, but I'm wondering also, do you think perhaps that um, that there must have been some real relief for them because it was such it was in the 50s. It was such a closeted time that these two gay men finally living together and uh, finally maybe it was really um, just invigorating for them. And that was partly why they made such good work. Do you think? Uh, Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. I mean, I think that that it was a real love affair and it must have been very exciting and inspiring and they must have, you know, stayed up late at night talking about their work and batting ideas around and uh, I'm sure it was pretty intense. And also just that um, they could be comfortable being gay, especially for Rauschenberg. I mean, he'd been married to a woman. Yeah, I mean, I think Rauschenberg was actually always a little bit more out and there's some sense that, you know, perhaps his uh, wife was aware of his interest in men, but you know, it was the 50s and people got married and had children and that's what people did, even if they were avant-garde artists. Um, right. So, you know, so it, it may not have been, mm-hmm. you know, so, so unusual, mm-hmm. but it was certainly an interesting time, you know, and, and they definitely also had a very close relationship with um, Merce Cunningham and John Cage. Mm-hmm. And they were gay. were gay and who were a little bit more out, but I think, you know, perhaps, I mean, certainly in the dance world and, and I guess also in the avant-garde music world, it was a little bit more acceptable, uh, whereas, you know, it was sort of the macho uh, cedar bar right. abstract expressionist right. period in, in American art. Right. Because those, because uh, like Cage and, and Merce Cunningham, I mean, they're like dancer music. Pe- they're like much more, they're music people, dancers. I, I they, guess. You know, I mean, it you know, seems dance, less macho. Dance, dance is certainly less macho. Yeah, I mean, really? I, I always think of the art world as being fairly safe for homosexuals, but, you know, I guess not not so much in the 1950s. Mm, not in the 1950s, no. That that has definitely changed. So um, what, what, what kind of, um, what kind of intangibles, uh, psychological, emotional experience do you think I can pull out of you, perhaps? <laughs> um, you know, I don't like talking about feelings. Yeah, yeah. I know. That's, <laughs> that's why I'm here to torture you. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I'm, so like, it's interesting because there's so many levels of appropriation. I mean, you were doing work, uh, you know, that started with them, but it involved so many, di- you know, it also involved other, other appropriation artists. So what was the sense when you were making the work? Like, what were you really, what were you focused on? Or what were you, what, what did you really feel like you were creating? Or did, what was that like? 
well, I mean, there was definitely a lot of uh, kind of trial and error with the work. I mean, the the John's paintings are all painted in encaustic, which is a, a medium where you paint with melted wax, basically. It's really fucking hard, man. <laughs> it is really fucking hard. I mean, I would I don't think there's a lot of you people out there that would have the patience to learn how to do that. I mean, that must have been a real challenge. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. It's not that so much that it's hard, well, but just that it was something I had no experience with. So, right, and you you're know. you're good. I mean, you 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 can put on a lot of different artists' hats. So for you, I guess you know, it's not as it it's a challenge, but not was it? Did you ever think like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do this? Well, you know, I did some kind of studies first before I started actually making any of the paintings to mm-hmm. you know make sure that I could get mm-hmm. something that was similar, but. One of the challenges is that the John's paintings are sort of built up of a lot of marks, and it was hard to tell at the beginning how it was going to turn out Mm -hmm. at the end. So I actually wound up with all the paintings in this show having to make them and then basically melt them down and make them over again (laughs) because they didn't turn out the way that I wanted them to. They look fantastic. I mean, they really, really, they really do. And I, I asked you this when I went to see the show. I, of course, saw the show. Uh, that y- you said you were happy with them yeah. as well. You should be. Yeah. So they, they came out great, but, um, that must've been, yeah, that's hard. Did you, did you have like to follow? What did you do? I mean, you didn't have the real painting there. Yeah, I did. You know, luckily I live in New York and the Museum of Modern Art owns the Jasper Johns flag and Target with Four Faces. Um, so I was able to visit those uh, mm-hmm. a number of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, it is hard to sort of, you know, remember a color, right? Like, which blue sure. is that? What does that look like? Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, there were challenges there. I mean, one of the things about my work, though, is that I accept that it's never going to be an exact copy. And, you know, at the very best, I'm working from a reproduction. So, you know, colors are off or something. And right. and in this show, there's actually a lot of kind of um, updating to the work. So, for example, right. the John's American flag has 48 stars on it because he painted it in ah. the early 50s. And Alaska and Hawaii were not yet states, um, whereas my version has 50 stars. It's the current flag. Um, my version of Rauschenberg's Coca-Cola plan has uh, like the contemporary plastic Coca-Cola mm-hmm. bottle. Just like it. you've done with the Andy Warhol work that you've yeah, updated. Yeah, and, um, you know, my versions of, of Factum 1 and 2, which I call Factum 3 and Factum 4, um, <laughs> you know, kind of incorporate uh, more contemporary materials also. So the original was painted while Eisenhower was president, and each canvas has um, kind of a double portrait of him on it. And I used a, a portrait of Obama um, in mine, for example. So mm-hmm. there's there's some kind of temporal changes mm-hmm. like that. And um, we also know in the um, Bullseye, the John's Witch mm-hmm. uh, painting, that those are those are your faces in there, Eric. Yes, that's true. Those are so, casts of your faces. Yes, and uh, you said that John's, when I was asking about it at the show, you said that John's had used a model, a female? Yeah. So the original one is actually a woman. Uh, she was another artist who was a friend of John's. I, I don't remember her name at this moment. Um, so that's who's in his version of it. I actually used myself just because it was easier than, you know, trying to get a friend to come over to my studio and let me pour liquid rubber on their face. He didn't want to do that? <laughs> Well, he, he probably, I bet you, I bet you, you know what? You should have come to Pine Box. There are probably a million chicks there that probably would have loved to be immortalized in some 
Somebody, some some guys are. All right, I got to take you out. Next time. I got to take go out next with you time, as my wingman. Next time, next time. <laughs> hey, you want to be in a piece of art, lady? Sure. Uh, but anyway, um, so did it take a lot of really serious research, or like, what was, you know, what did you, what, how did you decide to like, how did you pick this out because. I mean, I'm just remembering the last show that we discussed when you were in here was the Ankawara show that you did. Mm-hmm. And when was that? About a year ago? Uh, it was two winters ago. So yeah, like a year and a half. Yeah. And that was very uh, much more performative, I think, in the sense that it was recording kind of what happened every day and uh, t- that the, the, all the work was done in a certain very tight time frame yeah, so in that- order to make it properly according to... Yeah, that that just for your listeners, it was a project I did based on an artist named An Kawara, um, and basically it was a, a three month project where I would uh, reenact all of these kind of life art projects that he had done. So I drew a map every day of where I went, and I kept a list of all the people I met each day, and um, would send out a postcard with the time I got up, and and a number of other projects. So that was definitely uh, more intense as far as kind of really changing my day-to-day life and and being an influence that way but so what what were the challenges here i mean there must have been a lot of research right yeah and um also did um i'm just gonna say is that um what what actually inspired you like how did you pick these these works and these artists what what inspired you um well I mean, actually, I've been thinking about Rauschenberg's Factum One and Factum Two for a very long time. It's a, a piece that I really love and and that I've you know thought about kind of remaking for a long time mm. and, and have batted around a bunch of different ideas. Um, and I think, I mean, it's actually hard for me to think of how I kind of got onto John's, but I think it was probably the flag painting and kind of this idea that it's this painting of the American flag, which, you know, is something that is uh, not a copyright or a trademark and that you can't really, you know, own in any way. Mm-hmm. And so is sort of interested in remaking that painting for that reason, you know, that, that, um, you know, it's this thing that's mm. sort of out there for anyone. Mm-hmm. And what is it that John's really owns? Or what is it that he did that, you know, made it this groundbreaking work of art? I mean, was it the medium? Well, I'm using the same medium, you know, was mm-hmm. it, I mean, obviously he did it earlier than me. So he, he was the one that broke the ground there. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, I mean, it was but, about you know, something. I, I mean, I, I'm always interested in, you know, when, when does a copy become original, you know, and it's kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. You know, if you photocopy something, then it's 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 obviously a reproduction. But if you photocopy it a hundred times, and it turns into this kind of like blob on the page, right? And it's like at at what number copy is it no longer a, a reproduction mm-hmm. of that original? Mm-hmm. Um. So it was really, the, but was that one of the first times that a flag did? I mean, at that time, was that piece? important because people hadn't thought of the flag as using it as a piece of art? Well, I think it was really revolutionary because rather than being a painting of the flag blowing in the wind or something like that, 
it was a flat representation of the flag and and you know the borders of the painting are the borders of the flag so mm-hmm. it sort of played between representation and you know being an object and is it a painting of a flag or is it a flag and mm-hmm. um, you know i think i think it was revolutionary for a lot of ideas but i think you know also this is before andy warhol painted soup cans and you know to have sort of a symbol presented as a painting was was fairly mm-hmm. revolutionary Mm-hmm. So as far as the process goes, I mean, did this feel like fairly, you know, go to your studio, um, you know, on a regular basis and make it or did was there did was it like was it pressure or was it intense or like did you have it all like imagine like, you know, you have it all planned out and every you know, you're good at getting all your work organized and done on time. But I did hear that like Cathay was like saying that you were working at the last minute and that you like worked over Thanksgiving or something. What's up uh, with that, Eric? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, well, uh, first of all, I mean, I would say this project, as opposed to some of the other ones I've done, was definitely a bit more fun. You know, like the paintings are very loose and, you know, they're very painterly. And I really felt like a real painter uh, ah. making this work, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas the last series I did based on Encore, I was also making these date paintings, but they were, you know, very precise and meticulous and very finicky. Painstaking, Painstaking. is the word. Yes. Uh, so, you know, these were a lot more fun. They were kind of messy. And, you know, like I said, I really felt like a, a painter with a capital P. Huh. Um, so, did, you know, you, did you wear a beret, though? <laughs> uh, no, I did, I did wear a smock. I did wear a smock. Um, uh, Where's you know, the beret? So in that... well, you're wearing a beret now. <laughs> yeah, but that's because I'm here being an artist on your radio show. Um <laughs> You know, I, I, yeah, I did put on my beret today. Um, and then what, what was it? I, I feel like I answered you the first part of your question. You got to fight with Let's hear oh, about yeah, it. Yeah, what yeah. happened? Well, what happened there? Wait, it, before we get into that, let me just do one more station ID. Hey, everybody. It's Dr. Lisa from Dr. Lisa Gives a Shin on Radio Free Brooklyn, the best radio station in the entire Western Hemisphere. I'm here today with artist Eric Doringer, and we're talking about his show that's opening tonight at Mulherin Gallery at 124 uh, 4th Scythe Street. Yes, Eric, so tell us, tell us about the argument, tell us about what happened with Thanksgiving. Well, I mean, it wasn't really an argument, but... Uh, no, because you guys never argue, right? You guys <laughs> well, do seem like you get on, you, there's not a lot of arguing, right? We don't argue a lot, but definitely no. not, not never. You're not, you're not sniping with each other like me and Phil. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, So anyway, yes. So uh, like I was saying earlier, basically all these paintings I had to kind of like make and then tear down and start from scratch. Mm. And the final one I was working on is a very large painting that's in the show. It's called Gray Alphabets. And it's essentially the letters A through Z in a grid. So it's well, it's actually 27 by 27, but mm-hmm. basically, you know, a grid of 26. And it's, you know, it's roughly four by eight feet. And I think it's a little bit smaller than yeah, that. Yeah, it's fucking big. So man. I was working on that and I thought I wasn't going to have to remake it and I was in good shape. And then I got kind of near the end and realized that it just wasn't right. And so I did have to melt it down and start over. And so I was, uh, it was a real push to get that painting finished. And it did. Um, kind of kill our plans for Thanksgiving. We were going to go see my family for a few days, but instead we made a, a quicker trip to visit some friends who moved upstate, and it was really nice to see them. So I don't, I don't think that she must was have so been frustrating. 
uh, to be working on that or to miss the family Thanksgiving? All, no, like kind of all of that. What I mean, I mean, I know there's like it's not, you know, there are worse things and all that, that but I mean, because that. Was it like you get to a certain point and the painting's supposed to be done and then you look at it and you're like, nah. That's kind of how it was, yeah. And then you're like, fuck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I I I guess I wasn't super stressed because I still could have done the show without the painting, but I really wanted to put the painting in and it was, it was you know, it was mm-hmm. a big push at the end. There were a mm-hmm. lot of uh, late nights and, you know. Mm-hmm. weekends at the studio mm-hmm. and i was actually painting it still the the morning that i moved all the art to, to the gallery to install the show yeah wow so that's uh that yeah it wasn't it's not that easy folks you know it's not it's not that easy so how are you feeling now like what's so you've had the work up for a week and you were there this weekend right yep, yep. because uh Catherine was in miami so how was it like what was that like uh, well, you know, it's a little bit weird being in the gallery for your own show. Um, Which you know. it shouldn't be. I mean, <laughs> I mean, does, don't you think no, like No, but it like seems... hearing, you know, seeing people come in and hearing their reactions and yeah, stuff. Is... Yeah, but I mean, but it's funny, isn't it? Because you'd think that like, well, if it's the art, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people walk into galleries and think, well, that's got to be the artist. That if you don't know. Right. Uh, probably. But I mean, it's, it, it rarely is the artist. So that, I, I know. That's it's a funny it thing. Weird. But I did have some nice conversations with people. And, you know, it was nice to see that people were intrigued and thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so, you know, it was. I Did you hear any like weird shit that you, uh, you know, where they didn't know you were the artist or anything? I didn't hear anything that weird, although I did hear a number of people kind of standing outside, peering in and being like, oh, Rauschenberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what they thought. I, I guess. Or a Rauschenberg <laughs> copy. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> no, they probably thought it was real. Well, I, I think know. you would think it was real. I could I see know. it. Uh, so, so, So you didn't hear anything weird like that? There was nothing too weird that was said, uh, you know, really in earshot. Uh-huh. So Jerry and Roberta came. Everybody wants to know about that, for God's sake. So what happened? Because I was there on Sunday. They must have come after I left. I left at like four. Yeah, they came right at the end of the day on Sunday. And, you know, it was great, obviously. I mean, they... So were you, were you expecting them? Jerry and Roberta, if you don't know, Jerry, Jerry Saltz and Roberta Smith, they're like the A-list art critics in the art world. And having them show up at your show is like, um, that's it. That's the best you can get, really. You know, that's what everybody wants. What Eric got is what everybody wants. So what was it like? Well, they love your work. They have bought your work. They they have been filmed with your work hanging on the wall. So it's not like an actual shock or anything. And um, as you know, we, we all know, I mean, we know that they've been supportive of your work for a long time so this is not a total shock but what was it like well you know i mean it was it was very nice and like you said i mean er, you know every artist would like them to come to their show and so i was certainly happy that they came in and saw it and and we had actually a fairly long talk about the work and mm-hmm. um you know that was really nice too because they're both very smart people and yeah you know jerry talked about some of the like little details of collage in the flag that he was aware of and roberta, wow. roberta knew about the Matson jones thing but he didn't you know so it was sort of funny like what what knowledge they each had about the work wow that is so interesting so did you did you learn anything from them in particular or get anything was there any are you th- are you are you rolling over anything that they said in your mind after they left or 
I wouldn't say that I'm rolling over. Or you know, it, thinking. But it was, or it was I mean, nice. did it? Have, no, I mean, I'm sure it was nice. But did like, did Jerry know about say like stuff that you didn't know, like the collage and thing, or did he notice details or something, or well, like for, what did they fucking bring to the party if for, they besides showing up? <laughs> Well, for example, um, in the in the Jasper Johns flag painting, um, kind of at the lower left-hand corner of the stars, there's a little piece of collage that says United States kind of wrapped around a star. Mm-hmm. And um, Jerry, I guess, had noticed that, and he said that he was actually talking with Jasper Johns once he, he wow. met him, and he asked him, you know, did you, did you put that there intentionally? And he said, John said, well, it must have been there. Which I think is sort of a characteristically Which enigmatic is, response. Yeah, from him. right. That's like that's like fuck off. Yeah, don't did, ask. He doesn't really like answering questions. About no, his that's work. cool. That's cool though. But but it is a really so that's really but that is such a um like you know a tid such a great adorable tidbit conversation that you know I mean it's kind of interesting because the work becomes sort of a magnet for um, those kinds of you know, inf- that kind of information, doesn't it? Like by having to, like you're, I'm going to say you're probably an expert um, on that, those periods of jo- Jasper Johns and, and Rauschenberg right now. Yeah. Right? I mean, you you know, got to be. I mean, I always do a lot of research for my work. Yeah. And, and um, you went to Brown. You're smart. Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric's got brains, folks. He's a good, like he was a good student. Him and Cathay. Two good students. It makes me, yeah, you know, whenever. <laughs> so uh, Radio Free Brooklyn. Okay, go ahead. So um, you guys, uh, so anyway, but it is a magnet for things like that, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I definitely kind of geek out on a lot of minutiae about the artists. And it's it's fun when I meet other people who have a similar interest and, and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, get some of the sort of, uh, in jokes or references that I, I put in my work. Mm. That's, that's always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because there is a little bit like I'm feeling this because I'm neurotic, but I'm feeling like, you know, it's funny, like having you on is a little bit of a test of how much I know about it. I don't really, you know, I mean, I I don't, I have a broad knowledge of it, but it's funny. It's like, should I know the name of the painting or not? You know, you know what I mean? Should I know what year that is? I mean, I'm cool. I don't know that. I don't, you know, i I'm not going to pass any you, tests you, on this you, shit, and you, it's not you, my you job. You could recognize a Robert Rauschenberger or Jasper Johns painting, which is yeah, probably better it. than 99.5% <laughs> yeah. of the country. <laughs> but but there is some of that involved, too, right? Do you see that? Do you see people, like, trying to, like, act like they know? Like, I bet it's challenging to people to, um, because it's such an important—this particularly, these are very iconic paintings, right? Well, I mean, I think for the artwork that I recreate, I mean, I—, I Generally choose fairly iconic works, right. but, you know, I mean, there is definitely this kind of art history component, and there's one dealer, art dealer, who I worked with who said, you know, it's always an art history lesson when, like, you do something new, <laughs> like, she had to, you know, sort of dig, oh, out, right. dig out the books and, and, you know, figure out exactly right. what was going on. The funny thing about these works, though, is that they're ridiculously iconic, right? Yeah. I mean, they're like, they're like, if you don't, if you don't recognize them, like, people... It's funny, like people um, are so weird about art history, right? Because they feel there's some morality. Uh, there's like some morality that people put on that. Like if you're a good person 
and you're educated, then you know certain facts or certain information well, about yeah, art history, it's, it's right? It's part of being sophisticated. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you, don't worry about it, folks. You know, just look at the work. But but um, it's funny. Do you, uh, this this kind of work probably brings that out in people more than, more often more often than some of the other work you've done. I bet. What, I'm not sure what you mean. Um, like the test, the art history test feeling. Oh, really? You think so? <laughs> I think it's going to. I, well, I'm going to find out tonight. Maybe I'll go around asking people. Do you know what year this work was done? No, because the work. I mean, do you? Do you think that's true about the, these particular works? They seem like more, um, you know, if you were going to have like a child's book on art history and the like, you know, 10 most important paintings, probably at least one of these would be in that, right? Uh, well, I mean, 10 most important paintings of the last 100 years, maybe something like that. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, they are. You're supposed to know. You're supposed to know. You are supposed to know. It's, but, you know, I mean, I think partly this is kind of the farthest back that I've gone into art history. So it's, you know, a little bit more, you know, the canon, even though uh, it's only 60 years ago. Uh, um, but, you know, I think like when I did the Warhol soup cans, for example, I mean, yeah. those are pretty iconic. But... Those are really iconic. Except, you know what, the Warhol soup cans, because you updated everything with new products, the soup war, the Warhol work you've done, you've updated with new products today's products right so it it somehow doesn't feel so much as a copy as some of these hmm. as some of the johns and and rauschenberg ones to me hmm. does that make sense to you i guess so i mean the i feel like my soup can paintings it is the the you know contemporary yeah, the soup can, can but it's yeah you know, that's the, true the, the, the soup design can is still ones. pretty similar yeah that's true that's true also, Andy Warhol doesn't seem to. It's funny. He seems more like, a, uh, as a uh, cult figure, more or a celebrity or whatever you want to call it, more in um, the world of you know music and celebrities. Whereas, like Jasper Johns and Rauschenberg are clearly in the world of art history, right? Right. Well, Andy this Warhol kind of was, funny. you know, the the pop artist, right? So he was really into you know, being in magazines mm -hmm. and TV shows and things like that. So he was definitely a, a different artist. But it's kind of interesting, actually, when he moved to New York, he was kind of really in awe of Jasper Johns and Rauschenberg and I think um, mm. wanted to kind of, you know, hang out with them mm -hmm. and was actually rebuffed because um, they felt he was a little too swish. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, I could see that. He wasn't like a dude. Exactly. He was, you know, yeah. kind of like this gay illustrator or, you know, I mean, maybe not gay, but a little bit too. Uh, yeah. Fay. Not. A, yeah. He he you know, he 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 dressed up and stuff. They, yeah. yeah. And he, he had a weird, soft weird voice. guy that wore a wig. And, yeah. yeah. Pr pranced around. Yeah. Not not the not one of them. Um, I could imagine that happening. Uh, I wonder if they wound up presenting him after he became successful. I think actually later on they did become friendly and uh, did spend some time together. And I mean, I, I, you know, I think in a lot of ways his work draws upon their work. So that's true. I don't, yeah, I, I don't think they were probably jealous. Plus, you know, I mean, it's it's not like either of them really yeah. ever fell out of the limelight or you know had no. to worry about where the next meal was coming no. from. So. No, I think there was plenty. <laughs> there's plenty to go around there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it feels to be you know unseated by the next generation. That that might be a little bit disconcerting, but I don't. I don't yeah. think there was any lengthy animosity about like why is he so famous? <laughs> How did he get on the cover of Time? Why isn't it me? Uh, so 
how are you feeling affected now? Like, what do you, what do you, are you thinking about? Like, I'm so glad this is up and I'm, you know, not thinking about the next thing or did this making this work, like put another, like, Oh, now I want to do this or how did it, how's, how do you feel about having it finished? Yeah, I mean, it's always a little tough, you know, when you put up a show and then you start to think about what's going to come next. And um, I would say, you know, usually kind of after I finish up a body of work, um, you know, kind of there's a period of doing a lot of reading and research and thinking about what I want to do. In this case, I think I'm actually going to continue making some more works uh, in this series. And I'm actually, uh, I've been taking a glass casting class. And wow. I'm working, wow. I'm, I'm going to do something based on Jasper Johns's uh, uh, Ballantine Alecan statue. Really? Yeah, which he made sort of a little bit after this period with Robert Reschenberg, but is has also been one of my fa- my favorite works for a long time. And they wow. they no longer sell Ballantine Ale in cans. So mine's going to be basically like two cast glass 40-ounce bottles, one one full and solid and one empty. Wow. Oh, wow. That's a great idea. Yeah. So that's, so you're learning how to cast glass? I am. Yeah. What is that like? Uh, it's pretty interesting. I mean, I you know, I have done some other sculpture casting before, but glass is a very different medium as far as like, you know, how it sort of melts and turns into liquid. You have to work and, with it at a high temperature? Yeah. Super, is it dangerous? Super high temperature. Well, you know, you put it in a kiln, basically, so it's like pottery. I mean, it's not. It's not. I'm not glass blowing, so I'm not. Holding oh, so you're not near the glass. fire. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. But I, I, and I probably actually am. I think to make the hollow one, I'm, I'm going to have to hire someone that can blow it. Um, uh, which I, I can't do myself. Ah, uh, yeah. But oh, so yeah, you are going to have to have some help. But yeah, but I've been working on. I've already cast the platform that they sit on, and I've been working mm-hmm. on the solid bottle. And you, and, and you, and also like. By the time you get the person to blow it, you'll probably know so much about it anyway. You know what I mean? You'll be able to really direct that person. And well, know I know I definitely know more about what I need to ask for, but you know, yeah. it's it's uh, mm, interesting. Um, so I'm going to continue with that, and then I actually um, one of the kind of when I started making this work that was remaking works by other artists. One of the first artists I started working with was uh, Saul Lewitt. And um, I'm going to be doing a few Solowit wall drawings um, for exhibitions coming up in like January, February. Oh, so neat! Oh, I've cool! Also got that, got that oh, that's pocket. cool. Where Where are those going to be? Uh, so one is going to be at LMAC Gallery, L M A K. Oh, yeah, that's uh, on terrific! Brand Street. Right, yeah, they're doing kind of a book show in the winter, and I'm going to do a Lewitt wall drawing. Oh, and wonderful! Show some, some books there. Oh, great! And then I'm going to do a two person show uh, out at K Rock Screen Printing, which is in Greenpoint. Nice. Um, so oh. they have published a print of mine and a book, uh, both based on Solowit, and I'm going to do a wall drawing, and they have kind of a gallery space. Oh. Um, Terrific. So I'm doing a show with Carl LaRocca, who's the, the owner of, of K-Rock. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. That sounds really cool. You know, there's an expert on um, Solowit that used to work for him in Bushwick. Did you know that? I'm going to try and think of his name in a second. But uh, did you know that, Eric? Uh, well, I mean, his, you know, people who have worked for him are all over, actually. Uh, are met, there a met lot someone of at a them? cocktail party the other night who was like, oh, yeah, I used to do those. And then I drew one in my apartment and they got kind of mad. Yeah, I think I know. Th- <laughs> I, was, I, think I, I think that's the person I'm talking oh, yeah, about, yeah. actually. Um, and also, I want everyone to know that you, um, you're going to actually 
have an artist talk at the gallery on December 17th. Oh, yeah. We should mention that, too. So That's at 4 p.m., at right? 4 p.m., and it's going to be me and Greg Allen, who is an artist and a writer, and he's done a bunch of research on Jasper Johns. Um, he's wrote a, an article about that piece, Short Circuit, I talked about that incorporated mm-hmm. the Johns painting and the, mm-hmm. the painting by Rauschenberg's wife. And he's done some work on erased de Kooning and the flag uh, in general. So oh, that'll be, be great. I think it's going to be a really good talk. He's a, yeah, that's so interesting. Have you had uh, discussions with him? Have you uh, accessed him for this show and when you're yeah, making this we, show? Yeah, we had kind of a lengthy phone conversation probably like six months ago mm-hmm. where I talked to him a bit about... Mm-hmm. Where know, does he live? Research. Like, is he a guy in New York? Uh, he lives in Washington, D.C. And he's kind of like come in for the talk he's and gonna, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, he's going to come up. You know, I think he comes here fairly regularly. Well, he's, you know. He's in the art world. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, he's a really smart guy and really interesting. So and has he seen your work? Is he Is he like very interested in it, I bet? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's seen my earlier work and he's seen photographs of these pieces, although mm-hmm. he hasn't seen them in mm-hmm. person He's yet. probably excited. Um, but yeah, he's, I mean, he's, I'm really, you know, very happy. He has this blog called greg.org, which mm-hmm. is super interesting read. And, um, so and what's, I'm, what is that about? What's his blog? What's the direction of his blog? Uh, it's all about art, but he sort of like finds these strange art historical mysteries and then oh. like researches them and writes about what he's found and oh um, wow it's it's always really fascinating stuff especially if you like these kind of weird tidbits and details like i like like he he did a whole series where he actually dug up the um photographs of the mats and jones store windows get Um, out yeah yeah wow so i would love to see those do you have do you have them or no but if you just uh go to greg.org or search greg.org mats and jones you'll they'll they'll come up Hmm. that would that would be cool I would like to see that. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I mean, they there was some where they were um, casting uh, fruit in plaster, which is somewhat mm-hmm. similar to mm-hmm. like John's casting light bulbs and things like that. And mm-hmm. um, there was another window that was all done with cyanotypes, which Rauschenberg mm-hmm. made a bunch of artwork that was very similar. So mm-hmm. um, it's, I mean, it's interesting, you know, although this was kind of like their day job, I think there definitely was some crossover. And in yeah. fact, um, a number of John's uh, paintings were first exhibited in the window of Bonwit and Teller or Bonwit Teller. So um, that's kind of interesting too. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how they, that, yeah, they were obviously uh, that aesthetic work for them. Yeah. Yeah. So Eric, we have three minutes left. So what are you wearing tonight? Have you thought about it? You got your haircut for this, I, I think. Did, did get, you? I when? Yesterday? Haircut. No, today, this morning. Today? And Did um, you shower today? I have are you showered. Waiting? I might shower again. You might? I, are you shaving? Uh, I probably won't shave. Probably but, won't shave again. Yeah. So what about, uh, what What are you going to wear? I'm not really sure. I might have to do some laundry if there's time. <laughs> you haven't, like, thought about it? Uh, are you avoiding thinking about it? Is it, like, one of those things, like, I'm not going to worry about that. Whatever you, happens, you happens. You know, Lisa, it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it's just another opening. Oh, come I, on. I might not even go. Really? I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Yeah, because, I mean, why? you already been there enough. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the fact that this show has been open for a week makes, I mean, I wouldn't say it's anticlimactic, but it's not like this is me presenting it to the world for the first time. I mean, it's, you know. Yeah, but it, this is like I've when everybody come comes. You, you, you've yeah. already seen it, so. Uh, yeah, so you know. I don't have to go. Yeah, you don't have to go. But it's like a chance to drink with the people I know. Yeah, we are actually going to have Valentine Ale. Yeah, so like, of course I'm going. But anyway, so I just want to make sure, because we have like a minute and a half, and I want to make sure that everybody knows where this show is. So it's at... The Mulherin Gallery? Yeah, that's M-U-L-H-E-R-I-N. And it's 124 Forsyth Street, which is the corner of... Delancey. Delancey. Lower East Side. And the show is up until... December 31st of uh, 2016. December 31st. Yeah, and then December 17th will be this talk with Greg Allen at at 4 p.m. at the gallery. So is there anything we missed? I think those are the important... What shoes? No, what shoes? Uh, probably the ones I have on right now. Really? Yeah. <laughs> which, which you can't even see here in the studio. <laughs> Philip Glass is in the way. Yeah, he's such... You know, Philip, you know, you. I mean, it's nice that you came and everything, but, like, we, we have enough... This is a small room. We got enough going on here, okay? So, you know, you got your own studio... Go there and make your music. Yeah, Leave he, us he, alone. He got his five minutes at the beginning. Yeah, he got too much of our time. <laughs> That's what I say. All right. Well, I'm... Um, oh, and the time, the time for the show tonight. Oh, tonight the reception is from 6 to 8 p.m. Six. And the gallery is open from noon to 6, uh, Wednesday through Sunday. Oh, okay, good. 6 to 8. And then... Uh, the- Dr. Lisa gets shit. 